I was just going to let it go. Welcome back. <laughs> this is podcast number 20. I know Sweet. it's podcast number 20 because I was checking out the folders before we started. I'm Drew Hassan. I'm Daniel Anderson. We're the Recovery Lab podcast series. Oh, uh, again, the introductory spiel is the same. Comment, lots of helpful things. If it's not helpful, don't comment it. Uh, and if you know of anything that would be of some benefit to somebody in recovery, let people know. Yeah, the more we can grow and expand the universe of our interconnectivity, the better we will all be. Uh, we do need your financial support. Yeah, Feel free to subscribe to our Patreon account where we will have premium content. And it's only, do you know it's only $5 only a month? five. I mean, that's that's a Starbucks coffee. That's less, less. Just one. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a quarter of the price of a vape. You can't even think about a dozen eggs for fewer than five dollars. And and <laughs> and you can be supporting something that's gonna make some real change. Right. For five dollars a month. Can you believe With that? Premium really content. Premium available. content, yes. And we are gonna have our first premium content episode Tonight. directly following this. And if you're not a subscriber to our Patreon, you're gonna miss out. You're gonna miss out. And we're gonna be talking about um the, FOMO. Yeah, well, we're gonna be <laughs> FOMO's real. Yeah, and we're gonna be talking about Social media and how it can how it can be a very negative thing and also a positive thing. Right. So, if unless you subscribe to our Patreon, I'm afraid you're going to miss out. We do also still have hoodies for sale. Yeah, they're fantastic. Sexiest, too. best fitting. I would say so. Most too. attractive hoodies that have ever existed. I think I think that's accurate. Uh, before we get started, I will give my shout out again to my beautiful wife Kimberly. I'm proud of you and I love you. Six years of continuous sobriety is to be appreciated. Well, yeah, that's really, beautiful. six minutes or six days is to be appreciated, but she has six years, and so I thought we should yeah, give her absolutely, a round of applause. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right, without further ado, the star of the hour, Leah, thank you for joining us. How yes, are you thank doing? You. I'm nervous, but thank don't you for having me. Don't be nervous. I, I just completely wild. made a fool of myself on in <laughs> front of the world. You have nothing to worry about. And he said I mean, the nastiest yeah. cuss word. No, I did, but it, we weren't live, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, I probably will drop a few cuss words. That's it's okay. That's right. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, I broke out my handy outline oh, for good. He doesn't for do this for just everyone. Listen, I need that because I'm an ADHD <laughs> queen. I have <laughs> forgotten my outline. and Well, the outline's really best geared towards people that are in recovery. And the last couple of guests we've had were... Not so much. Not exactly in recovery, but certainly impacted by it. Yeah. All right. How did your addiction begin? Oh, uh... I have um, a long line (laughs) of addiction in my family. So really it began before I was even born. You know, uh, I'm definitely one of those people that like believes that I was born an alcoholic. Um, It goes back generation after generation for me. Um, My grandmother's been sober for like 26 years. Um, She's... Well, no. On my dad's side of the family, I have family who's also been sober for a number of years um, but aren't in the program. My grandmother doesn't really do the program either but um, did for a long time. So, um, and my mom is very uh, affected by addiction as well. So, um, that's where it started for me. I was born 
Uh, <laughs> and I had it, you know. Um, but I, you know, growing up, like, seeing my mom and her addiction and the way that it affected her um, for a long time, I was like, oh, I'll never drink. I'll never smoke cigarettes. I'll never do all those things. Like, I kind of had this, like, holier-than-thou view about it you know like ugh, i can't believe people drink like right right why would you do that yeah. uh and then i found out why people did that yeah, and yeah, i was like hell yeah <laughs> let's keep it rolling right. um i think my first like drink was when i was like i think 13 12 or 13 but i had dabbled in like other addictions before that you know um like i had an eating disorder at a really young age i think that started when i was like 11 10 11 um I can remember being really young and like being addicted to like attention and like male attention and um so that kind of stuff started for me first before like alcohol even came and and now like looking back I can see my alcoholic behavior as early as like you know six years old um but once I started like drinking um I was off to the races you know um when did it get bad or when did it get worse um so I really didn't have a long stint um I I think the summer before my senior year was when I was you know a batshit crazy and like on paper I wasn't like your typical alcoholic um like I didn't drink every day I didn't drink every weekend like I had like um like multiple addictions that I managed, and were you good at school? Eh, yeah. I, at this able point, to get by or able to get by for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and like I, I will say, like I am an intelligent person, but the way that like our schooling system is set up, no, yeah. I do not function well in that. Um, so I did struggle in school, and I think. So, like, I did majority of high school in California. The middle of my junior year, I came back to Mississippi. So, I was transitioning, you know, to a new school. And so, I really struggled at that point um, a lot more than I had before. And um, so, you know, the the summer before senior year, I was, like, I had eating disorder, shopping, men, drinking, pot, cigarette, whatever I could use, I was using to change the way I felt. Um, and at that point, like I was so depressed that like the tiniest things I was like, got to kill myself. Um, and that was really what like alerted me to like, Oh, this isn't normal. I think I need help. Um, and I actually, what it, (laughs) what got me to ask to go to treatment, which I don't know a lot of people that do that. And I didn't really know what I was asking for. I thought I was going to go like on a nature retreat, you know, um, that is not where I ended up, (laughs) but like I had a panic attack outside of my house after seeing Annabelle, the horror movie. And I thought demons were around me and stuff. And I was like stone cold sober, but I was panicking. And like, I was like, something is not right with me. Like normal people don't do this. And, um, I told my grandmother, I was like, Hey, I want to go to treatment. I want to go like be in nature and hike and, talk about my feelings and stuff because like I'm depressed and I have like trauma and whatever and she was like okay and then sent me to rehab and uh and I went to rehab three weeks after like I'd started my senior year I dropped out and ended up in treatment and um and then I was you know doing the thing got sober and um 
Yeah, but it was like not, for me, it wasn't like uh, materially bad. Like I didn't lose anything. Uh, I didn't lose my car. I didn't lose my house. didn't lose money. But like I didn't own anything. I was 18. Um, And so I like had a really hard time accepting that I had a problem or that I was an alcoholic um, because I didn't like ever get arrested or didn't live under a bridge or didn't lose all these yeah, things. Yeah, there was you know? like you're when you come into Alcoholics Anonymous, right? You hear all the stories, you know, mm-hmm. the people living underneath mm-hmm. the bridges, the people that lose mm-hmm. their house and family that you know, don't have a single thing to their name and um, you know, scraping by, you know, taking using the restroom on the side of the street and and I've heard this a lot from folks that uh, that that wasn't their story. That yeah. wasn't their path. They yeah. didn't have a bottom that was that low, yeah. and that there there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. the fact that you were able to say, "All right, I can understand where this is gonna go if yeah. I continue on with that," yeah. and 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 God or whoever you your higher power in higher power is was able to kind of step in and be like, "Okay, you're ready. So let's let's get you started." Yeah you know, with this. So I, I would, I would caution you to, to beat up on yourself or compare yourself to other people. No, 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 no. I definitely don't. I think I did in the beginning, but I was so young and like, I think too, my example of alcoholism was like my mom and like, she was violent and she was angry and like, and did lose, she lost everything. And like, she was the one that ended up in jail and constant treatment centers. And, um, so like I tried really hard to like be, um, like a socially acceptable alcoholic or right. addict. Like I didn't want anybody to be like, oh, you have a problem, you know? So I would like keep it together on the outside. Um, but inside I was dying and like, and that was my bottom is that like on the inside, I felt like I was a waste of space and I didn't belong on this planet anymore. Did you loathe yourself? Like oh, I did? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. I, it, I don't even, it's so crazy to like think about that now because I feel so far from that. And like, I have moments where I'm like, you know, hating on myself or whatever, but it's completely different than right. it was before. Like, I just could not understand the insanity of being like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to like do better. And, and I couldn't, you know, um, that really like baffled me. Right. And, um, and then coming in and like, you know, being so young, like I heard a lot of stories of like, um, you know, high bottom drunks that had like, you know, the emotional, uh, bottom and, and that's what I related to. But really like what got me to stay was like the fact that I was 18, I was, you know, a young female and I was relating to like the old men in the room who were like 80 years old. And I was like, Ooh, okay, I'm probably (laughs) (laughs) alcoholic. Like, normal people don't sit here and, like, relate to that. Right, right. Um, And that's what got me to stick around. And I realized, like, you know, I don't have to um, keep digging. Right. And, like, I think one of the, like, beautiful things about sharing our stories and, like, the gift that I got was, like, hearing other people's stories was that I got to raise the bottom, you know, and so me like sharing this and you guys sharing this podcast is like we get to raise the bottom for other people and they don't have to go to the depths that we went. Right. You know, and, and that's and, like. And further. Yeah. And further. Because <laughs> that's definitely always a, a thing is it does just keep going. And, right. um, you know, I've even had like survivor's guilt 
over staying sober as long as I had and like why did I get it when I did and um why don't other people who like I think deserve it why don't they get it and they've been through so much more and like whatever um yeah that's complete bs yeah it is i mean it is yeah it's like i you know i don't take credit for getting here um like that moment where i was panicking like that was my moment of clarity that was god like that (laughs) i don't know any 18 year old that's like hey uh, i want to go to a treatment like you know like that wasn't me um and you know in the beginning and other periods of my sobriety like it's definitely been uh, the group that has carried me and like God that has carried me through a lot. Cause there are moments that I think back and I'm like, I should have not stayed sober. For that. So your, your grandmother has been sober for 26 years, 26, 27, 26 or 27. Um, okay. She stopped counting. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been sober for <laughs> eight, eight years. Okay. So, um, do you think that, so what was it, was recovery and a program part of her daily life when you were growing up that you can remember? Is that why you kind of had that intuitive thought like, hey, I know that there's something that can help me and I want to go there. So funny story. Yeah. No. No. Uh, so like when I was young, um, I remember going to like NA conventions with my grandmother and I remember like seeing key tags and like AA chips around the house, but like she never talked about it. Really? And then when I got older, it was like this hush hush thing. Like really? they did not talk about it. Um, I mean, they kind of briefly mentioned like my mom, but it was never really like in depth talked about. Right. Or and out in the open. Yes. Right. So like when I was in rehab and they took us to an outside meeting, I was sitting there and I was like, why have I been here before? Right. Cause like I forgot that yeah, I had yeah, been yeah. to meetings before. And then I was like, Oh my God. And I saw a chip and I was like, Oh my God, that's what that <laughs> is. Like I used to play with that. Like that's right. so weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when she came for family week, this was great for me. Uh, we spent our whole therapy session talking about her. And her wow. story, because I was like, listen, I was like dying under your roof. Right. And didn't even know that you understood what I was going through. So like, right. I'm going to need you to tell me it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? See, I mean, it's, 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 it's a tragedy to have gone through that experience yeah. and to not share it. You know yeah. I mean? It's tough. Like, yeah. I, I, but I understand that mm-hmm. side also mm-hmm. because, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of, um, negativity and stigma surrounding alcoholism and addiction and especially if you're a professional and and um you know you're it it, that's just sometimes not something you want to be talked about and so I understand 100% but I also like I'm completely open and honest with my son so is my wife like we're just like hey I'm going to a meeting like it's not a big deal. Like mm-hmm. we, when we were driving to the gym, like we would talk about, you know, what, what it was like for me and, and why, you know, I chose to, to not continue on that path anymore, yeah. you know, after hitting yeah. walls and whatnot. But, yeah. you know, it's not something at all that we hide mm-hmm. at all. Like yeah. he, he knows, he understands, and hopefully he doesn't have to take advantage of the program, but yeah. um, he will know exactly how and what to do in, in case that does happen. Yeah. So. Well, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's, you know, there is a lot of uh, societal stigma that, like, we're still, like, unraveling, you right. know. Um, I know a lot of people who are still very weird about people knowing that they're in the program. Yeah, and, I know I've like never that. been like that. I've always been like, I hey, haven't, I like, haven't either. <laughs> and I tend to surround myself with individuals that just don't really particularly yeah, care. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I totally get it. Um, and I get from a standpoint of, like, traditions and, like, you know, 
I have to remind myself that, you know, sometimes I am the only person that people will see or meet that's in the program, and I don't want to give the program a bad look or name or whatever because right. of my behavior because um, I'm not always the best example of the program. Well, yeah. You know, so it's like I get that standpoint, um, but as someone who was, like, struggling under the same roof as a recovering alcoholic, um, I know how horrible that feels, and I don't want anybody to ever think that, like, there's not a solution, because uh, there is. And right. So, with your son, which path are you going to take, do you think? So, I plan on being... I um, see him at meetings. Like, yeah, it's not no, like, he comes it's to not meetings. something he, that you hide I really uh, don't like him coming to meetings, because I can't focus, but... Um, it doesn't I, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't plan on uh, keeping it a secret. Um, I don't know how, like, much, like detail i'll give you yeah, know yeah, yeah. like yeah, I mean, no um, need for war stories yeah, no, but. No, no no um but i do plan on being open and um i think it's kind of hard to avoid that when you are like going somewhere a couple of times a week right. or, like you know um and eventually he'll be old enough to like put it together there are age appropriate ways yes <clears throat> yeah, yeah so yeah. i plan on like doing that um and and i want to be open just because it is so like heavy in my genes that I, you know, I don't ever plan on being like, you can't drink, like, don't do it. But I want to be like, hey. You're, hey, you're pretty primed. You're, you know, <laughs> you're very primed. Like, me and his dad are in yeah. the program. So, like, right. you know, my thought was hopefully we'll cancel each other out and he'll be normal. Yeah, but that's yeah. m- most likely not going to But it could happen. happen. It could happen. Could happen. I mean. Could happen. It's just important that you're there for him no matter yes. what. And, yes. and what a beautiful thing to have this experience to be able to tap into. Yes. And, and help him, you know, the, the most important person in yes. your life. Yes. You know, you, you have, there's, there's nothing that he can say or do that probably you haven't done before. And right. you could, you can tap into that right. and be like, yeah, no, I, I understand you did this. I understand you feel like shit about mm-hmm. it, but let me just tell you, I've done the same thing and yeah. you can get through it. Like, yeah. it's not a big yeah. deal. Like, it is a very beautiful thing. We yeah. have like, I love that we have that experience and right. like I'm very qualified to like help a lot of people. Right. And normal world, people you know? just don't have that. Yeah. And I mean, normal people don't have sponsors either. And yeah. My God. <laughs> I don't know how. I, like my sponsor saves my butt. I know, know? I know. I know. Uh, I know. And my therapist. We yeah, love yeah, yeah. therapy too. Yeah. Oof. Absolutely. Everybody needs therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> we went on a tangent there. Yeah, we did. Doing good. Drew's just like taking it. He's just like, I'm taking <laughs> Drew's it. Drew just worked all day. <laughs> and I've had the day off just kind of like chilling and preparing mm-hmm. and hanging out and contemplating. Contemplating. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah. interesting to me, uh, you know, this kind of duplicitous nature of people, you know, giving you shit for, uh, you know, I, I spilled more mm-hmm. liquor than you drank. Mm-hmm. And at the same yeah. time, People like me are thinking, why couldn't I have learned my lesson? Exactly. What do you hear without at, losing right. literally yeah. every good thing in what life? What do you hear at the at every meeting? It seems every oh man, for from a young from an older folk, mm-hmm. you know, old timer to new man. I wish I would have. They may not say it out loud, but man, I wish I would have got it. Wish she got when it. When I first got sober, which was a pretty good while ago, you would literally be told things like. If you haven't lost your watch, then your opinion doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mean, I heard, would say, I heard know, some yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Don't uh, get me wrong. I definitely yeah. that, did. That if you haven't pawned your watch for mm-hmm. Go bourbon, do some more research. Yeah. 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 Fuck that. Man. I'm really glad no one said that to me. 
Um, I, you know, I did hear the, like, I've drank more liquor than you've been alive or whatever kind of stuff. Um, but I'm really glad that we don't like measure alcoholism at the door. Cause like I wouldn't have right. made it, you know? Um, well, look, you've mentioned a couple of times, these various other, uh, addictions mm-hmm. that you've dealt with. Mm-hmm. How have you found, how have you found, uh, the, 12 step programs to apply to those other things. So personally, this is my own personal journey. I use AA steps for all my other stuff. Um, How do you reconcile? Like, I've always thought this was interesting. Like why? So I went to bridge recovery one time Mm -hmm. and it was the first exposure I'd ever had to, and these were women who had eating problems and sex problems. Mm-hmm. And I thought, isn't it, isn't that difficult? Yeah. yeah because yeah. You, you're mm-hmm. not taught in AA or you're not taught in 12 step groups or whatever, how to drink successfully, yeah. but you are taught how to eat successfully right. it's and how to engage it's a whole in a nother, healthy, it's, yeah, whole so nother they, layer. They kind of, uh, so the, the label of like sex and eating disorders, uh, and like shopping and stuff that you like have to do is like their process addictions, process right? Addiction, so yeah. it's like, it is a lot more difficult because you are, you're facing them <sighs> like every day, you yeah. know, um, you've got to eat, you right. got to eat, no you got to freaking eat. Right. Um, people get very concerned when you don't eat. Um, and it's like not good. So like for me, um, you know, when I went to treatment, like I was put in a house that was like primarily for, um, like relationship addiction issues and eating disorder and, um, and that was honestly because that's all I would talk about. Like, I didn't talk about drinking or anything because I was like, yep, men are my problem. Yeah. Always been my problem. Always will be my problem. Like, I don't have a problem with anything else because uh, I was convinced that I could get out and, like, smoke pot and drink. And I would be fine. I just didn't need to, like, be around men. So when you told Granny, hey, look, I think I need to go to rehab. You were like, I need to get this man thing under no, control. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Grandma, um, let me tell no, you. No, 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 no. I was like, hey, I'm like really depressed and I have trauma. Like, I think I have PTSD and like I need to go somewhere because I'm going to kill myself. I mean, myself. we needn't relive the trauma, but this is relationship trauma. Uh, Everything. I got it all. Just whatever. Yeah, I got it all. Okay. Uh, You name it. I pretty much got it. Sure. Uh, so that was like my thing is I was like, I can't live in this world anymore because I'm just such a ball of anxiety uh, all the time. And so that was like what got me in the door. And it mainly was like my depression was like, I literally was going to kill myself. Um, I, I, I couldn't go on anymore. And then when I got there, I, I pretty much was just like talking about all these relationship issues because I was 18 and I was like, Chad, you know, it's Chad, I don't even, it's always Chad. There probably was, there probably was a Chad. <laughs> Chad's fault. Uh, and so that was like, they, they were like, well, this is your primary issue, you know? And I was like, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. That means I can drink. So you know? if a young woman were to find herself similarly situated to you, mm-hmm. trouble with men, trouble mm-hmm. with trauma, trouble with, would you, what, what would be your initial advice to her? Uh, find a place that, uh, specializes in co-occurring addictions, you know, um, for me, like I, uh, in the beginning thought that like I drank because of my issues with men. But then when I started working the steps with a sponsor, I saw my patterns and I saw that my stuff with men didn't like peak until I wasn't drinking as much. So for me, I saw that my pattern is that when I don't have alcohol or I don't have a substance, 
I'm going to use whatever I can. And usually men is like the easiest thing besides shopping. Like that's, I'm going to pick that. Well, um, they affect the virtually the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, there's nothing like male validation. That's just right. like, you know, um, as a Southern woman. And that's just something that's been ingrained into me. It's like, I need that. So um, when I moved back from California, cause like living in California, I was pretty much, you know, able to drink and do whatever I wanted. And you were um, in Cali from when to when? Um, I was 12 when I moved there and then 17 when I moved back. Okay. And your dad was up there? Yes. In Sacramento? And my dad's family. Uh, it's like an hour outside of Sacramento. Okay. So, um, I did that and I was like pretty much able to do whatever in that regard. And then very I Very little oversight here. from parents? Yeah, yeah. Very little. Um, my dad's thing was like, I, you know, if I'm doing it, I can't. Right. You know, like it, that was just the way it was. And like he did the best he could with what he had at the time. And like, he was handed a traumatized preteen, uh, Bundle of joy. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. what was he going to do? I was going to do it whether or not. Well, right. A lot of the it philosophies there are, you know, very, uh, permissive. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, whatever you think, whatever you feel, mm-hmm. go with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty much like how it was. And so then when I came back, I was living, you know, with my grandmother who like, at the time, I didn't know she was in recovery, but I knew she was a psychologist. And I was like, she's going to find out. And I can't do this as freely, so I have to figure out other ways to cope with life. Kudos to Grandma for not hitting you with, uh, you know, CBT on the couch while the <laughs> Wheel of Fortune's on. Yeah. I mean, you know, she tried. There were some times she tried, but uh, I did not let it happen. I was very much so like, please go away. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, some of my questions don't really apply to you because when I created this outline, I knew I was interviewing people that had relapsed a few mm-hmm. times, and mm-hmm. so we can kind of gloss over that. So part you've of never it. relapsed. I've never relapsed. That is so awesome. It's man. crazy. I've been very close. There have been times sure. where I've been very close. Um, and as someone who has co-occurring addictions, I will use other things. Right. And. Uh, haven't you know really had to do that in a long time there are things that i Ooh, how do you monitor that <sighs> i mean rough. do you because do there's not a well so that's there the is thing. shopping so addiction there's yeah so for me like i said i pretty much primarily use aa because i don't like i don't really claim that i am like a you know, uh, like shopping addict or a sex addict or whatever. I've just never really claimed those. I don't, um, I see those things to me as like a, a way that my alcoholism shows up because it always goes back to alcohol for me. And, and I didn't see that till like thoroughly working the program. And, um, so like for me, it's, I think about, you know, um, like five and six and applying like my character defects and like reading when I read drop the rock, like that really got me to look at like my behavior and what I was doing, like with men or like with food or all these things. Um, and how, how do I healthily do all those things? You know, um, it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to juggle. And like someone who has co-occurring addictions and then also has like mental illness and then like all, all these things. I'm like, sometimes I'll be just like, you know, living life. And I'm like, okay, is this alcoholism? Is it PTSD or is it depression or is it like, what is it? I don't know. Um, And so I try to keep it very basic of like just going back to like working a basic program and like being in therapy, you know? Um, And sometimes like I like to overanalyze because I've been in therapy for so long. I think that if I analyze to a point, it'll all go away. 
right. I'll figure it out. I'll have the key. I'll be good. Um, and you know, I've just realized like, that's not the case for me. And like, I'm always going to have something to work on, you know? Um, I, there's always going to be the day you die till the day I die. How does that, uh, how does that saying go wrestle not with demons lest you become one and, Mm. Uh, don't, I don't know, but I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I good. like where you're going. Uh, wrestle not. It's Nietzsche. Uh, wrestle not with the demons. Or something like that. Uh, and if you look long at the abyss, the abyss looks back at you. Yeah. You know, the general the general idea is the more we think about these things, the more that we belabor them, the worse yeah. they become. Yeah. Right. You know, and the, you know, if I sit around thinking all day long, I've got all these problems and I've got all these things, then in some almost measurable fashion, I'm going to manifest those things. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I think like. So how do you steer clear of that? Just stay busy or what? So. I mean, I try really hard to just um, be aware of, like, using my feelings as information. You know, like, if I'm doing something and I start to feel a little off, like, I'll look into that and kind of, like, you know, mentally inventory, like, okay, what's going on within me? Or is this aligning with, you know, God's will or whatever? Um, And, like, my first sponsor or something that she, like, told me was like you know if you keep acting like you did before you got sober like you're gonna get drunk right you know and and I've seen it and I've gotten close to it you know there have been times where I have had like non-sober behavior like with men or shopping or my eating disorder and I've gotten close to drinking because I couldn't live with myself anymore you know and um and that's what I think it comes down to is like am I aligning myself with what I think my higher power wants for me in life. And um, a lot of it really for me, like the co-occurring stuff has been therapy and like looking at that and knowing my own patterns and like, I don't have to fit into this box that everybody else, you know, is in or whatever. Um, Especially like with my eating disorder, you know, for a long time it was pushed on me that like I was anorexic and, and I didn't feel that. Like I don't have, um, body dysmorphia I never it was never about like the way I look it was more of like a self-harm thing was it a control thing as well A control and self-harm and like um when it started you know I was so young it was a like is anybody gonna notice is anybody gonna see if I don't eat and no one did for a really long time and then when they did it was negative attention but it was attention right and so I was like cool and it was a way for me to like slowly kill myself without anybody seeing um and, and it was the one thing that I can control in my life. And so that's, like, what kind of started that. And then, like, my eating disorder and my depression, like, piggyback on each other, you know. Because when I'm depressed, I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do. Because I don't want to be here. Why would I eat, you right. know. Um, and so that's, like, very different um, for a lot of people who struggle with eating disorders. Not the control thing. That's, like, very normal. Um but I, I didn't have the body image issues. So for a long time, I didn't claim that I had an eating disorder because I was like, I don't fit in this box. Right. Um, and, and I didn't work on it for a long time and just kept it like kind of hidden in a secret because I was like, I don't fit in this box. So how am I going to recover right. <laughs> from this? You know? Um, 
and it's kind of the same thing with like relationships and stuff like it's just different I don't relate to a lot of the things um that like a sex addict would claim to you know struggle with or whatever and and for me like just being a part of the program and applying those same principles to those things uh is what has worked for me and intensive therapy (laughs) right do you think that you know, when, when we come in and when new folks come in, they're told to, you know, identify, you know, try their hardest to identify the similarities yeah. with, with other people's stories. Do you find that that was helpful with eating disorder and, and other uh, issues to identify what yes. what is alike with the people that are struggling, that identify as sex addicts or mm-hmm. relationships addict, addicts or whatever, yes. you know, anorexic? Yeah. I will say the place that I went for IOP – not going to say their name, but I had a bad experience um, because I felt like I was pressured to be what everybody else to, to was and what they struggled. Yeah, it was a very like, um, yeah, accept these labels. This is your problem. And like, it was a very like blanket, like, this is what everybody does to recover. It was not like individualized, I didn't feel like. And, um, and that caused me to struggle for a really long time. Like, I was like, I do not. Like, I am not a relationship addict. I do not have an eating disorder. Like, I don't have any of these problems. I'm just an alcoholic. And, like, I don't think that's really true. Um, I definitely struggle with these other things. Um, but I think, like alcoholism, it's it's a spectrum, right? Like, it's not – I don't think that it's – everybody is the same type of alcoholic. I think we have lots of similarities, and it's very um, – can be very generalized, but I do think there is a spectrum. We have a lot of things in common, but yes. we're still very... Yes, indi- very different. Very and like, different individuals. You know, it's like when I first came in and people were like, um, if you go back out, like, you're going to do all these things that you never said. You're going to use a needle. And I was like, I will never use a needle. I can tell you I will not use a needle. I will do a lot of other things, but I will not use a needle. I'm not a needle person. I, it would have to be someone holding me down to right. use a needle in me. And they're like, oh, you just, you're young. You don't know. No. I absolutely not. Yeah. I pass out. And it, again, would have to be someone like holding me down. Maybe if it, I was out there for like 40 years, I don't know. But I personally don't think I would do that. I was very well, satisfied it's not your by story. drinking. It's not, yeah, your, it's like, not, it's not, your, not my thing. It's just not um, your story. So I think that can be a lot of like, uh, that can happen a lot with other addictions and things. And like, and I had a roommate who was, you know, she claimed that, you know, she claimed being a sex addict and, and we did not relate on that level, but we were in the same group and it was very forced on me that I was. And I was like, no, right now love addiction and relationship addiction totally relate and totally like could see that. Um, but the, and, and it all kind of goes along, like goes into each other, I guess. But, um, for me, like I said, it, it always comes back to, I want to drink. And if I can't do that, then what else can I do? Right. And it doesn't matter. It could be driving my car down the highway as fast as I can, eating spaghetti. If that changes the way <laughs> I feel, I'm going to do it. Right. You know, right. in or And more of it. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get it. Just like these freaking sensory toys. Yeah. I found one that I liked. I had to buy every single one. Yeah. I had to try every single one because I needed to find the perfect one that was going to change the way I feel. It's anything, yeah. you know. Um, I was told that's what makes it good. I was like, "Mm, I got it. Certainly one of the hallmarks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anything and everything. Yep. Well, what do you do well in your recovery? Excellent question, Drew. Oh, God. Uh, Talking about the stuff I struggle with. (laughs) Stuff I'm bad at. That's what I'm good at. No. Um, I think uh, one thing I'm probably... 
I like to say that I'm good at or have kept really good at is like, I'm pretty like vulnerable. Like I will, I will be vulnerable. I will dig and I will be very honest about where I'm at. I don't care if I'm in a meeting of like the world's best (coughs) people. If I'm struggling, I'm going to say it all. I'm going to ball my eyes out. It's going to be ugly. And I do not care who is there, what they think, whatever. Um, and I've done that like since I got sober, um, and even when I've tried not to, it's really funny. My body will like, I can feel it in my stomach. Like my stomach starts burning. And as soon as I have that, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm an alcoholic. I just like <laughs> blurt it out. I'm like, I got to talk. I don't care. Yeah. You know? Um, and I've All right. Really well, by that. contrast, what do you do poorly in your recovery? Oh, right now, um, currently, uh, attending meetings, uh, working a program as like I used to, I don't, um, have a schedule like I used to and like I feel homeless um like I have a home group but I don't really feel like it's my home group because I can't attend group conscience or like meetings regularly because of the baby because of the baby yeah yeah it's hard um being with my grandmother though now like I'm I'm back at her house and um she has been very kind about you know if I get him down to sleep I can go to a meeting and um and that's been great. I'm usually late, but like I'm there, so I don't, I don't really care. The effort counts. It's right. effort, yeah. Effort um, counts for a lot. Yeah, and so that yeah. will that will all get easier. Oh trust yeah, me. once I mean, he's yeah, my once son's he's fifteen older, and yeah. it's glorious. Uh, yeah, it's, it's glorious. Cool. Right now, I mean, he is super clingy because we like just stopped breastfeeding, and so he has just been. Uh, wants to be on me all the time and um and we just transitioned him to like his own room and his own bed and so he's just it's been difficult bedtime takes like an hour how old is he he's uh he'll be two in may i'm like trying to count the months (laughs) i don't know i'm at the point now where i'm like i'm done counting look i was kicked out of my own bed by my three-year-old in my spot in my spot yeah that's in my spot (laughs) thomas (laughs) i love that they're little savages They are savages. Mine threw his uh, piggy bank, his metal piggy bank that's full of change at my face today. Oh. And I just said, (laughs) (laughs) We don't throw things. He, he, you ought to see pictures of Kimberly's face. Like, he scratched the fire out of her. Oh, he threw, yesterday, he threw, my grandmother has this, like, wooden, uh, I guess it's like a seagull. I don't know. Some bird, a wooden bird. Threw it at my face. It hit me right here. I have like a tiny bridge. You can't even see it, but I can feel it. And I was so, <laughs> I literally was so hurt and triggered by it. I was like, I have to leave the room. And my grandmother's like, are you okay? And I was like, I just, I need, I need a minute. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to breathe because I cannot, my body is telling me to punch my child in the face right, right now. Right, like right. I got to go, you yeah. know? Uh, and that stuff, like I never even, I just never even thought about. Look, like, parenthood is emotional warfare. Oh yeah, they're little, they're little terrorists sometimes. Yeah, be never a negotiate with a terrorist. No. But they're so cute, and like you love them, but then you're just like, whoa, you know, God. And it's really hard. What I found I've struggled with the most is like regulating my own emotions while teaching my child how to regulate his emotions. That's <clears throat> rough, right? And especially when you're like a child that wasn't taught how to regulate your emotions. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like, let's take a deep breath. <laughs> you know? And he's like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay. Look, Thomas threw something. And I mean, I have some older kids and like, they'll have a temper tantrum and throw something. And I, 
you know, I'm like, you can't do that. And then there's a little voice inside me saying, you did that last month. Yeah, yeah. You were doing that last oh, week yeah. and you're, you're grown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. No, it is perfect. No, no is one perfect. is perfect. Do as I say. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Rough. Yeah, it's Rough. hard. What are the unexpected benefits you've gotten from being on your recovery journey? I just spilled my water on me. Uh, love that we're laughing. Everybody saw that. Um, <laughs> unexpected benefits. Um, I'm just going to go with the first thing that came to mind. Uh, I get to dance in public sober and like, yeah. not, I mean, I have little moments where I'm like, everybody's looking at me flailing my arms, but like for the most part, I, I just get to be free and do that. And, um, I couldn't do that before ever. And I really couldn't do it for a long time in sobriety either. But now I've reached a point where, um, that's You've graduated right. to interpretive dance. Oh my God. I love it. I mean, it's, it's where I see God. And it's, it's one like of the lesser so known silly, promises. Yeah, it is a lesser known promise. Um, it's very silly, but like, that's where I see God the most is like when I'm at a conference and I'm standing on a chair dancing and like, I'm either with my friends or I'm not with my friends. I'm like, you know, just doing my thing and just um, it. I just feel free, you know? And for so long, like I didn't feel free uh, at all. And even in sobriety, you know, and so like getting to experience that, um, that is probably one of the most unexpected things. I, I did karaoke this year, like four times. For the first time ever, like never did karaoke. I did karaoke for the first time in Halloween. Yeah, like and it, it was, was so fun. It was. It oh was, my god! I sang I Hannah like Montana. It was great. We um, did. Uh, what did we do? Hall uh, Notes. No, we did a, a rap song, which it was like oh, Snoop Dogg or something. That's amazing. It was. I love that. It was toxically awful, but but it's fun. <laughs> it it's was. Like, it was. It was just like I just kind of was like. Ah, like I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not yeah. afraid. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna be goofy and yeah. like ro- go mm-hmm. with it. And it was like just a blast. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. I feel like I get to, and and we yeah. can't do that when we're. Oh no! Get messed up. Not. <laughs> you um, just can't do it. I'll be a drunk mess. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I get to kind of be in touch with my inner child in a way that like I never was before, you know, like I was so concerned about what people thought about. I mean, I still am, but more so when I was like in addiction, like I would have never danced without alcohol. Like that was, (coughs) that was my vice for everything. And like the fact that I get to live my life without that in the like, you know, craziest ways is, um, yeah, it's just beautiful. And, and like, I have a purpose today, you know? Um, and I think like I had a purpose before, I just think it was lost. I don't think that I, I don't think that any of us who like are in it when we're in addiction, we don't have purpose. We have purpose. It's just like, we don't know how to use it. Execute on that purpose. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably the best was like, I have purpose. I get to dance. I get to be authentically myself and like um, whatever form she takes, you know, and I don't have to shame myself for that. I don't have to um, like worry. I mean, I do, but like I don't, I, I, I'm um, right now trying very hard to be radically accepting about like who authentic Leia is. And I never wanted to do that before. Like I just wanted to, fake it all the time I wanted to put on my best face and 
right. be whoever you wanted me to be because I just so desperately wanted someone to want me that you could take me however you To could. validate you. Yes. Right. Yes. And I don't need that today. Well, when I first wrote this, I thought I'm going to ask people this question and then somehow remember it. And then when they come back on the podcast, ask them how they've done in furtherance of achieving these goals. But what are some of your goals, life, personal, relational, spiritual? We can revisit this in future podcasts to see how you're coming along. All right. Uh, I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> no, I do. I have a few. Um, Where do you uh, want this ship to go? My ship. You know, uh, the first thing that popped up, well, I really, I want to write a book. Um, that's something that's been, like, placed on my heart for a long time and not really, like, your typical, like, I don't want to write a memoir or anything. That's, like, too much, too many words. Um, but I would like to write a poetry slash essay sort of book. Um, I, short stories. Short yeah. stories, yeah. Um, I'd like to write a children's book as well. Um, I look, I think every parent goes to, yeah, the, you're just the children's yeah, story, you're children's like, book thing. We need, I don't know, I just need more. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones out there right now, but sometimes I'm just like, I can't read this every night. Yeah. I need something a little bit oh, more. Oh, you can. Oh, you can. Good night, moon. Y'all read Good Night Moon over and over and right over. now. What's our one we read? Oh, Go Dog Go. Oh, I, and I, it's I the worst. That. It's just like red dog, blue dog. Go, dog, go. Oh, yeah. my God, it's awful. And it's so long, and my kid loves that book. I hide it under the couch. <laughs> I literally hide it. I'm I like, promise I you, page 13, page 27. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I yeah. do. I just be skipping. I'm like, he don't know. It's over. I love yeah. you. Night, night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same thing. Your that's daddy so kiss. Yeah, I do the same thing. We're also, like, really into, like, the same movies over and over again right now. Um, he's really into Home Alone. I have no idea my why. My nephew watches Home Alone. My God, he's obsessed with Thomas it. Thomas can demand now specific TV shows. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to watch his little face as he runs through the Rolodex mm -hmm. in his mm -hmm. mind of, you know, I, I, instead of I want, he says I own, like, I own muck for <laughs> I want milk. and yeah. I own Gabby's house. Yeah. Uh, do y'all know about Gabby's house? No. It's awful. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not even turning it on. Is he, it worse than Minecraft YouTube videos? It's it's Ooh, equally bad. <laughs> you better get ready. You, you better, it's you better get ready. Okay, here we go. Everybody, uh, uh, they, they have oh this my God. contrived uh, and the kids love it. energy. Mm -mm. And Minecraft sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it has shitty graphics. Zero... <laughs> Like, where's this story going? There's no story. I don't get it. There's no story. I do not understand. My stepbrother does Minecraft, and he'll be like, look at this. Look at what I did. And I'm like, It looks cool. awful. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what I, honest you. to God, would rather watch somebody play Pong. Yeah, at least yeah, yeah. I can yeah. have, you know, the nostalgic effect of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what video mm -hmm. games were like in the 80s. Minecraft... Y'all made it look like that on purpose. Yeah. Right, right. We have the we we can make things look it's not real. Know, we're not limited to eight bits of no, whatever. No, no. no, definitely not. Uh, so that's all but uh, you know, I own Gabby's house. I own Octonauts. I own Ugh. No, I own Spider Man Spider Man. What about Peppa Pig? 
pepper. We don't uh, allow that. We don't in my do house. Yeah. She's a bitch. <laughs> I ain't having that mild. Heck, Look, no. I remember Caillou from uh, Caillou. Oh. He's a bitch too. He's a little he's, whiny bitch. He's a bitch. I ain't no. I'm very selective about certain things because I I like have watched Kelton like he's in that mirroring phase and he picks it up so fast and that's why I don't like that he likes Home Alone because like they're really mean to that little kid and like he's like you know I mean rightfully so torturing these burglars right but I'm like my little kid is gonna torture me he's already torturing me but he's obsessed with he's he, not even two he can't yet. even I you know, better watch out he can't even say Home Alone he just looks at me and he goes <laughs> and I'm like okay yeah we'll that's watch pretty it. Funny. like yeah, he loves good. it but he already he'll I've watched him last week I think it was last week or the week before for the first time I watched his little wheel spinning when I Isn't said it great what do you to watch, him watch? Think. and he was like Kanto mm, and I was like oh god and Kanto again cool alright here we go like you know but it was so cool to see him like starting to think about things and um Whatever. But Maybe yeah, you can use Bruno as a teachable life lesson. Like this is what happens when you don't yeah. deal with your problem. <laughs> you end you up like Bruno hide in the walls <laughs> with the rats. But yeah, it's uh, trying to run away from the yeah. oppressive bitch ass grandmother. Yes, God, she is. She's, she's awful. She's awful. People don't talk about it enough. She really is so mean. She's so mean. But yeah, so I children's book. I would love um, just because I, I think too. Like I. You know, I love art, and, like, I would love to, like, do the art and write it. I think that would be really cool. Um, so, those are, that's goals for Why that. Why give up those royalties? Um, right. right. Don't share. No sharing. Um, no, sharing's for the toddlers. We teach that. Uh, but um, that's a goal for, like, you know, that's, like, a dream, I would say. And then, um, lately, I've just been... I've had, like, really small goals for myself of just, like, trying to find the balance between, like, working a program and being a mom and, like, finding somewhat of a schedule and um, probably about to, like, because I've been a stay-at-home mom since he uh, was, like, three months old, you know. I mean, he was born and I stayed home for three months and then I, like, went back to work for a little while and I took him with me. So I was still kind of a stay-at-home mom, but I was working and it was really hard, and um, so then I just decided to stay home, so I've been doing that since then, and so now I think I am to a point where I'm, you know, gonna have to venture out of that uh, mentally, and just, like, I want, I don't want to live in my grandmother's house forever, <laughs> you know, so I've got to, like, make a plan. Um, yeah, because the children are the very best at consuming all of your resources. Yes, and it is. Emotional, oh. mental. Economic. It's exhausting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's exhausting. And, like, I love being a stay-at-home mom, but um, it is just very taxing. And I think that um, I could be a better mom not staying at home, you know? I don't know how anybody stays home with their children it's all a day. Lot. It's a lot. It's yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, like, it's one of the most beautiful things ever. And, like, I think my main thing yes, is, Yes, like, you have I to say that. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. It, it really is. Yes. But it's also torture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's hell. And you get those annoying people who are like, eh, you just get to chill all day. <laughs> you have no idea. There is no chilling. No, thank there you. There is no chilling. And if there is chilling, because, like, I've accidentally, like, fallen asleep, you know, I wake up and there's shit everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I fell asleep last week. I was so tired. I fell asleep while he was playing in 
like our playroom and my grandmother came home and Kelton was shoving chips in my mouth <laughs> and I was so tired that I did not even wake up like you know um but it's really hard and my whole thing was like I didn't want someone else like raising my kid or whatever like I had all these like I have to be a stay-at-home mom because that's like this idea that I've had in my head since I was like a kid you know and um at this point like I, I want a career and I don't think that there's anything wrong or that that makes me less of a mom because I want to pursue my own life. And, um, no, being a stay at home mom is, is at once taxing, oh, yeah. tiring mm-hmm. and a luxury. Yes, it is. And it's not a luxury I want anymore. To be honest, it doesn't yeah. feel very luxurious. Um, but so like my, I really want to, I've been in the process of like getting back into my art business and, um, pursuing that. And I would like to do that full time, but I'd also like to just get some little job where I'm like, not, you know, I don't have to be at my house. I don't have to do anything of myself. It's just like, I get to, I don't know. I kind of want to be a waitress. I've never been a waitress and I've never wanted to be. You don't know what you're talking about. I know that's what everybody (laughs) says, but I kind of want to get out of my comfort zone, you know? And just do something different, like once or twice a week. Like I don't think that I necessarily. She need knows to do it not that. of what she speaks. I yeah. listen. I just want to challenge myself. Well, yeah. look, I did wait tables at Ke- I waited tables at Kiefer's and Walkers, and oh, I made a fortune at Kiefer's. I bet you did. People this love is when that I was place. Across the street, it's like a cult. People like love Kiefer's. <clears throat> you made more money at Kiefer's than Walkers. Oh, That's yeah. surprising. Really? Yeah. It do. No, Walkers good. isn't the juggernaut. It, it wasn't then what it is now i mean we still make good money at walkers but you just you have when well when keyvers was back across the street you would have enormous sections and you would work i mean you could make 800 bucks on a sunday but you were dead i mean that wasn't every sunday but i mean it was achievable on not a holiday i mean because you could work a double and the sections were so big yeah, you can, you can make more doing that than being a teacher. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. That's yeah. Like, yeah, that's sad. Ugh, that's so sad. We love our teachers anymore. Well, we are yeah. we are almost, we're at the expiration. Yeah. Mm. Now we we have to say this, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is something we've never done before. What's happening? Are you listening, everyone? Chainer's going to twerk. What? <laughs> that's what I do at every at the end of every. That's what you get with your Patreon subscription. <laughs> wow! So we are we are about to thank you so much for joining yeah, us with thanks this. Thanks for having me. But there is yet work to be done, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you have not subscribed to our Patreon account, please do so. Please do so because what is about to happen in about five to seven minutes is we are going to have a bonus episode recording at which you will not have any access to it. Unless you are a subscriber, and that again, it's that five dollars, five dollars, five dollars a month. Less you want even vape. you want even less than a, a quarter of the price of a vape mm-hmm. for a quality vape, mm-hmm. and you will not have access to that unless you subscribe. So, where can you subscribe to Patreon? You That's may a ask? good question. That's a good well, question. Well, let me just tell you: if you scroll down on the Recovery Lab uh, Facebook page, you will see our link uh, in the Patreon. You can also go to Patreon. And search up Recovery Lab, uh, and we'll just pop right up there for you. And you just tap in your credit card number, and you have access to all of our bonus episodes uh, and content. So, pretty exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We're out.